Hello, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Ongaku Do You, the podcast where three friends come together and break down what's new in the Japanese music industry. This is the podcast for the week of February 4th, 2022. I'm your host, Ken, and with me we have Gray. What's happening, dudes? And that's it. Unfortunately, Luna was only able to uh, fill in for me, specifically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but how was your trip, bud? Did you have a lot of fun? Oh, yeah. You know, going to to Vegas and, dry, and road tripping all the way to L.A., that's a whole lot of fun with, like, three hours of sleep. <laughs> I mean, it sounds fun, but I've never been that far out west, so I, I don't know. I, I don't know how, like, see... This could just be a lack of experience for me, either dealing with Californian drivers or just mainland drivers in general. But I don't know how the hell you guys drive. No one no one does blinkers. No one just... I, I understand at certain points they're very nice because like when they do on-ramp, off-ramps, they have a stoplight to kind of just make sure that everyone goes at a certain rate. But I'm just like, Jesus Christ, Like people don't know how to drive. I personally hate it when people don't drive without their blinkers. It drives me crazy. Uh, usually when I see somebody dr- driving without their uh, blinker, using their blinkers, I and my wife is in the car with me, I look over at her and I was like, you see that guy? Master signaler. He was so great at signaling that yeah. you did not even see it. <laughs> well, it'd be like one second and it, by then it's yeah. too late. Kind of it's like, boop. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. I drive with my signals and there's a couple of times where I choose not to use signals that my wife will still use signals, but I use my signals 99% of the time. Like there's like a couple of times where I don't see the point in using the signal. Uh, there's a couple of weird intersections where I live, where you don't really need to signal. I mean, I guess you could if you really wanted to, but there's no point in doing it. So there's a couple of weird intersections where I choose not to signal. My wife will still signal anyways. (laughs) But it was interesting nonetheless. It was my uh, first NFL game. So, and for it to be like a a semi-final match for the most part was uh, very interesting. Oh, that was good. Uh, who is going to the Super Bowl? So the Cincinnati Bengals and the LA Rams. So I I usually cheer for all LA teams. So I was very happy that the Rams won. But you know, it's it was fun. I had a lot of fun times with my my dad and my sister, and the the stadium that we went to SoFi Stadium was a beautiful stadium to be honest it was just it was just made about two two and a half years ago so and this is the first year where like fans were able to join because last year of everything going on obviously they never had fans in the crowds but this year they did and it was something it was very something and uh, yeah no I enjoyed my experience and Probably nothing's going to beat that for a major sporting event unless I go to, like, the World Series or something like that. But even then. <laughs> the, being at the Super Bowl, uh, like, if you could go to the Rams Super Bowl, would, would, th- would that maybe top it? It would, but the thing is, I'm not made of money because those tickets, oh, man, it's like six grand. <laughs> six grand for, like, nosebleed yeah. seats. <laughs> yeah, the price of Super Bowl tickets are absurd. Honestly, I'm mildly surprised that my father-in-law hasn't invited... I guess he knows that me and my wife are not the biggest football fans. Mm. But uh, the first year we were dating, uh, you know, he invited us to watch the Super Bowl with him. And I'm a little surprised he has not... I guess he probably understood that you guys weren't really about it. So he was just like, why bother kind of thing. I mean... (laughs) I was respectful. I actually watched the game. With, you know, I, I didn't have a whole lot to say or a whole lot to comment because I, I, I just, it was. But see, my father-in-law is a Chiefs fan, and that was the year the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. So uh, that, that, That's another thing. I think he's yeah. just really depressed because of what happened. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I heard they had a bad year, uh, but... Uh, I don't know. My sister-in-law is a Panthers fan, uh, and that, you know, that's due to where we live like you know most yeah. people that live in charlotte or you know this general region are panthers fans so it's like uh, mm. okay and 
n- no one's happy with the team. I like, I'm like, but you know, it I is mean, what yeah, it is. yeah, yeah. No, no one's really happy with how the Panthers turned out. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's it's really funny because you know I come from a state that doesn't have a a national team or a. Um, a, a, a national professional team so it's very interesting to go around and see other and listen to the radio to see like oh you know during that time they're talking about the game a lot like even like music radio and they're like oh yeah go rams and stuff like that i'm like huh this is very interesting because i don't think I, i've never heard that before because like we only have college college allegiance teams here so but you don't hear the local radio show saying oh yeah go go hawaii or something like that they don't really say that on every commercial break about their about their radio channel so it's very interesting to kind of hear a little bit of a culture change towards when you go to a place that has a professional level team so yep yeah, and, and uh, Americans, we love our football. It, it, it is part of the Americana, and there's a lot of local radio stations that have contracts with these bigger broadcasters, so when a professional yeah. game starts, they just cut right in. Uh, I see, I see. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it's very interesting, though, but uh, I would like to go again, but I probably will wait till, you know, next year or next season kind of thing so but. still I'm glad you had a lot of fun and were able to make a awesome time of it so it was really cool to hear that you had so much fun oh yeah yeah I wouldn't have uh, traded it for the world for the most part but for the most part what have you been listening to as of late yeah no uh, me I've mostly been listening to this week's music corner that was a big thing that cause they 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 had a lot of releases and so i there was i was wanting to make certain like i listened to everything before uh i covered them and so like i've been listening to a lot of that but other than that uh, this week's mc i've been listening to um we just don't care by one and only i still love that track it's so good it's just a lot of fun and if you tuned in last week you heard me talk about it a lot so i'm not going to go on about it here uh, and uh, Shirose's boyfriend is still really good, which I almost talked about last week. I did actually go back and listen to Uki uh, Uki Yota uh, Little Black uh, Little Black Dresses album. Yeah. Uh, I was digging that, and I'm still digging uh, Up and Down by Generations from Exile Drive. So uh, nothing too crazy. This is pretty much what I have been listening to. I need, I'm, I need to break out of it and shake it up a bit. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be looking for some fun stuff in the upcoming weeks, but my, my good sir, what have you been listening to? So I've been listening to a little bit of things here and there. So I was listening to radio's new single, uh, Tonaki Hanabakari Sukiyo, Bakari. So that that released, I want to say, about a week or two ago, and I've been really li- digging that. I've Agreed. been also listening. That I just sorry, I just wanted to cut in because I just heard it before we came on air. That is a really good track. So I did. Yeah, wanna... it's a really it's a really solid single. So I was really surprised about that. So, but I also was listening to. Pinako's Lunatic album. She's been doing some really good work, and it's a, it's a really long album too. It had seventeen tracks, so I got my money's worth with that. I've been also listening to Sakana Action's latest couple singles. I've been listening to Shock, which is a really retro and eighties influence. So I've been really liking that. And then Plateau, which came out last year by Sakana Action, was really really good as well. And then I've been also listening to Cider Girls. Their sort of pop fan club four album is always solid. After that, I've been listening to uh, Suji Ayano with her Hello Woman album. The the lead track Antique is absolutely fantastic, and I highly recommend that. And after that, you know, I had listened to Child Spot and 
their Yoru Taken acoustic version is really, really good. And I wasn't really thinking that an acoustic version of a track would have gripped me so hard, but here we are. After that, I've been also listening to Watashi Kobayashi with their Donate Ize single. I thought that was really good, and she's a, an artist that I think will be one to look out for in the in the future so but you know oh and obviously music corner and stuff like that but we'll talk about that in a little bit here so with that let's continue on to our topic here and you know speaking of the new years we were talking about the new styles and new kind of labels that people usually debut around these times and we are kind of wanting to talk about a couple of our favorite artists that you know made that leap into their major label debut and we kind of wanted to talk about one of our a couple of our favorites so why don't you go first gray and talk about one of your couple favorite major debuts yeah so for me one of my absolute favorite debuts and this is a group who I really loved when they were independent and, you know, this is one of the groups I was really digging before we started the show. And that is Bradio because I, you know, I absolutely love, you know, you know, early Bradio is fantastic. I've listened to everything that they put out. They were really good. And then, uh, you, you know, they announced that they were making their major label debut with their album. Yes. And they had signed on with Universal. And I remember experiencing the trepidation uh, up to that point because, you know, with the, when you sign on with a major label, it's like how much there's, there's always that give and take of how much artistic freedom is a group able to maintain once you sign on with a label. Because uh, labels, uh, a, a, a major record label, that's an investment to them. You know, they, you know they're going to, they're going to sign on to you. They're going to help fund you. And then they're going to get a return on their profits. And you might have like some independence as an artist, but it's going to be way more limited than if you were out there on your own, doing your own thing. Uh, so for Bradio, I was really worried, like, you know, how much would yes, really sound like, you know, Bradio, if that makes any sense. And I was really happy. I was so happy with Yes. I felt like Yes was a really, really good album. And honestly, if you didn't know that they that that was a major album, you like like it, you would have. Like, it was just it would have gone unnoticed if you were just like a fan listening to it. And like ten years down the road, you're like, oh hey, I didn't realize that this was their first major debut. It was so good. It was so well done. And I really, really like that. And, you know, sadly, I've, you know, kind of, I haven't had a chance to go back and listen. Like, I haven't been listening to Bradio nearly as much as I would like. Because, uh, you know, we're always trying to find new stuff for the show. Uh, but I did take this opportunity to, to go back and listen to uh, s some of their more cur current stuff. Joyful Ride is a pretty interesting album. I only got about through half of that, but it's a pretty interesting album. And their latest track uh, is really, really good. And yeah, I, th I think it's, you know, they're, they're still the, the same band that uh, they were when they were independent. And I'm, I'm very happy to hear that, you know, Universal really hasn't changed them too much and that they're able to do their thing because they're also in a genre of music that's not hyper popular. Uh, and, and I mean, I love their music, but you know, that doesn't mean that, you know, they, that they would, um, not sell well. So I, I well, I really mean, I, I wouldn't say hyper popular. I would say hyper popular for that specific genre because they yeah. themselves are in a subgenre of, of, of jazz, I would say, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they, they, they really are. And, but I mean, they do it so well. Yeah. Uh, they, they do it really well. And then, 
And, and, you know, part of it is, you know, when they sign on to, it's like, you know, they don't, you know, there's a reason why they have their fans and why. So, you know, in the beginning, there isn't a, too much of an incentive to change them. And I guess it's as it goes on, that's when you can kind of start worrying a bit. But uh, still, it, it's nice to see them uh, be mostly the same that they were yeah. when they signed. Like, I, I, it's very reassuring. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, signing on, because another thing is I was really worried about the record label themselves, Universal. Uh, like, I, I don't know, like, what, like, the thing how is, much like, interference. Know, Universal is fairly lenient on their creative control for a while. You know, one thing that I, I thought that was missing here was was color creation. I thought you would have put color creation on here originally because we're, we're all going to be talking about two artists and they had an amazing debut. And I thought that they, they did. They, they did. Uh, believe you me, uh, they were, it, they were in the consideration and running, but, uh, the more I thought about it, the more I, I felt like I really wanted to talk about well, one. I've been talking about boy groups a lot lately. And, and so m- Part of me was like, well, you know, my other group that I will be talking about is a boy group. I talked about nothing but boy groups last week in all of our music videos and stuff like that. So I was like, well, you know, let's throw in a, a, a band and shake things up a bit. So that, that's one reason why I chose Bradio. Uh, and uh, but also, like, I have been like in my mind, like really longing to, to go back and listen to them because uh, I just I love them so much. And I hate that. I just don't listen to them much anymore, uh, and that was like another re- like reason I picked them. It was like I was like I was wanting to just go back and re-listen to them. So, so I mean, I guess picking back off of uh, an artist that you thought that would change from their major label debut. I guess I'll talk about mine. Usually, we won't really intersect here, but because immediately, like, it would sound like we're just co- copying each other. But another artist that I thought had a really great major label debut as well was Narcotaki. Now, you know, they're a very eccentric five-member band and was really unique during their indie days, even for us. So I wasn't really sure how that would transition into a major label debut, especially with a label like Sony. <laughs> now, and we've heard back in the day, Sony has been horrible with their creative controls i mean they literally changed scandal from from back in the day to what they were as a more girl band then so and i have originally thought that you know since they signed with sony they would lose a lot of their creative control but they really kept to their guns with their style and even had doubled down on it at certain times and i'm really thankful for that for their major label debut to really for them to stick to their guns. Yeah, because especially with Sony and and like there's so many people like you've heard so many horror stories of how Sony will go get in and really mess with that creative process. And it's maybe Maybe that only happens with the more popular bands, maybe. I, I don't know. Uh, but I could definitely understand Narcotaki because Narcotaki is a very eccentric group. Uh, and for them to be mostly, if not completely, unchanged in their Sony record label is very, very nice. And maybe, maybe Sony is learning and growing with age. well i also i also assume that they are really embracing the modern quote-unquote modern times because back in the day we wouldn't even have sony digital artists out on the front here internationally yeah no they they were very much restrictive to uh the 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 na- national local yeah. market yeah the yeah the their local market so it it we didn't really get because I remember man crying about how I didn't you know I couldn't listen to Little Glee Monster because this is like like why won't they put it on Apple Music and now now everything's on Apple Music so yeah it's nice it's nice to, to see them change and it's like I, now if, now if Johnny's that's they're the holdout. <laughs> I mean I don't think that's happening anytime soon. To be no, no, no. I, I'd be surprised, but it, it is what it is. Yep. 
But, but it, let's transition to your other yes. artists here, your your final one here. Yeah, so uh, when I thought of this topic, this is really like the first group that I, I thought of was when DICE debuted with AVEX because they, they had one of the most interesting and fascinating debuts I, I've ever seen. And I feel I've always feel like it's worth talking about because I've never seen somebody get the grandeur that they did. Because they did the whole, we're going to do one release uh, a month, building up to a brand new album. And it was really cool. I loved how they did it. Each release was modeled after one of the five senses, starting with their single Dreamin' On, which was the One Piece opening. And to debut like right out of the, I mean, I know, you, you know, Dice's, pretty well established by that time but to, you know the debut with a brand new record label and get like one a one piece opening i think that's a pretty big deal because one piece is still a big deal especially in japan and in anime like one piece is a big deal and to get dreaming on like right out of the gate that was that was amazing so you, you start off with that and each of the i'd have to relook it up because i don't remember which one's tied to which it's not instantly you would think it'd be very uh instant but but it's not it's not at all um but yeah because they had dreaming on amp image citrus and easy tasty those were the five and wow i did that off the top of my head i don't know if that's good or bad so uh, those are the those are the five and then they dropped their sixth album which is like kind of like the sixth sense. So it's like you, you went through the five senses and the album opened up the sixth extrasensory sense sort of thing. So it, it was very interesting and I loved like the theming behind it. I thought it was a brilliant idea and it was a really good album and a great way to kick off was 2021. So it was definitely like one of the more interesting and better debuts because I've never seen anybody do that. I mean, I know it's kind of recent, so I don't want to sit here and go, we haven't seen anybody do that since either because, you know, it, it just happened say, like last I mean, year. So, but I mean, we have seen certain, I mean, Hal Tendrick did that recently with his, with his, with his debut into Sigma. I mean, a lot of his stuff was digital leading up to an album release. So, I mean, it's it's a very good plan, especially with artists of this generation, to be specific. Yeah. Yeah, because you start building the anticipation. And if you get them on a regular release schedule, it, it really helps drive sales, honestly. Cause, oh, yeah. Because, you, you know, if you make that announcement, it's like, hey once a month like this is a thing that we're going to be doing then like your fans know like oh it's it's may where's the new song because you know they yeah. probably no yeah, but so. i think like but avix has been doing this for a while not even with their debuts but just specifically with certain artists because i believe may J was like that as well for her anniversary album where she was releasing singles back to back to back and then she released her her anniversary album the following month after her release so i mean but it's it's very interesting to to see that be worked out fairly well with a debut like this yeah it is interesting and uh obviously it, it worked because i mean they've been doing really well with avex and uh i i, I think uh as a dice fan like i've been really happy with their avex work so um I'm always I'm always excited to see what they're what the what they're doing next. But with that, I'll go into my my artists as well, and you know, not straying too far from Avex here, it is going to be Syrup. You know, honestly, several artists come to mind when you say a couple of our favorite major label debuts. I mean, I just mentioned one with Tendre. Tendre had an amazing major label debut. However, I think for me, Syrup is a major label debut artist that was one of the strongest I've seen from a solo vocalist, to be precise. You know, he was signed to to a 
ASB, uh, ASAB, which is, you know, AVEX's sub-label here. And, you know, he signed back in 2019. But it wasn't till his really amazing success from CIY in March of the following year where he found a lot of his success. And specifically with Your Love. You know, it's a song that all three of us had really, really liked during that past year. And, you know, along with the general public as well, because it was fairly popular on YouTube and it was even used as YouTube premium ad song, like catch song for all remaining of that 2021 year or 2020 year. And, you know, it isn't, it's kind of rare for someone that isn't pop to kind of hit a stride like this. But I really appreciated that you know, not only did Syrup had a really, really great debut, but he really changed himself for the better. Because I don't think if you were to compare his his stuff from his major label debut to his minor indie days, it's fairly it's fairly different. Or the next evolution of his style, so to speak. Because I think Your Love is still his one of his better tracks. And it sounds like nothing we've heard from him beforehand. Yeah, Your Love is definitely an interesting and unique track. Especially for Syrup. And I've been meaning to check out his latest work. I've listened to it a little bit. And every time you know we do like a listicle or something. And you have a Syrup song on it. I will I will tell you like it's really good. Uh, he has not lost his edge at all uh m- going major. Uh and so it is very it's been very interesting and I'm glad to see him doing so well at Avex because and you know I think Avex is one of like early adopters of you know just the international markets as a whole. Like they were like one of the first and you know, for us to be able to get his music so easily is, is really nice too. So, uh, you know, I think he, he picked a good record label to go to. Uh, I know a lot of my favorites are under AVEX, but uh, still, Syrup has, you know, is doing really good under AVEX and uh, I, he's definitely flourishing. So I'm eager to see what he does next. Yeah, that's for darn sure. But, you know, we would love to hear a couple of your guys' favorite major label debuts. So, you know, hit us up on our site, you know, in the comments below of our site as well. But, yeah, with that, let's continue on to this week's music corner here. And this week, you have the lovely addition to introduce your your artist, Grace. So why don't you go ahead? Yeah, and uh, this is a group, honestly, I wanted to cover uh, like two, two, three years ago, and I wound up deciding, you know, at the time to not do it, uh, you know, back in the early days of Music Corner, uh, and I discovered that their latest album on Apple Music relatively re- recently, and I really fell in love with it, and so I decided I'd just go and check it out and then i was like oh I'm okay I, this is definitely who i'm doing and that is the beat garden which is there right now they are a three-member boy group and i if you're like me and you've seen a picture of the beat garden you're like well i know that's a four-member group uh that is a very recent change and uh we'll get into that because of the the, the when, when i go over the history of the group because they just became a three-member group. Uh, but the Beat Garden is a three-member boy group that formed in 2012. Uh, the founding members of the group were Yu, Ray, and Masada, uh, who were all attending a music college in Osaka. After, meet, after meeting, they decided to move to Tokyo and started performing live in sub, the suburbs of Tokyo. Uh, the group officially claimed their name, The Beat Garden, in 2014, and they dropped their first album, Will, in 2015. At the end of 2015, the group picked up their fourth member, DJ Satoru. On July of 2016, The Beat Garden made its major label debut with Universal Sigma, and they released their Never End single. Since going major, the group has released nine singles, uh, three albums, 
and their latest physical release being their album Afterglow. On August of 2021, DJ Satoru did leave the group and I looked high and low to see if I could find out why he left the group, but sadly I did not. But uh, they have since gone on to release their song Romance, which was in November, and that is the the original trio. And, And so it is kind of sad that Satoru has left them but it's the it's the core three that founded the group still and you know romance they're not they they didn't miss a beat at all like that is a really good release i absolutely love it uh but i love the beat garden i feel like they are just amazing and uh i really liked their afterglow album that to me was where because they really came under my eye with their track Snow White Girl, which came out in 2019. I remember loving that track when it dropped. And I the, they were they always were on my mind because of that track. So and Afterglow is the first album that they've released since they came out with Snow White Girl. Uh, but they they have so many good tracks, especially on their Afterglow album. Which, you know, the lead track Marriage Song is really good. Uh, Morning Glory is fantastic. Hikari is really good. But, uh, you know, if you go back into their discography, you know, their first three albums are a little different. So, like, their Will album is very electronic heavy. And I felt like... I am is also very electronic heavy. Like like th- you understand why they're called the Beat Garden when when you listen to these two. Uh but over the years they've really moved away from that and I I would say that they are now much more of a pop group with some light electronic elements. But uh you, they they're still very very w- good their vocals are amazing they know how to really sing really well and you know they really have tackled a variety of styles over the years and i really think like they have really good range and i i think it does anytime like you're talking about a boy group and you're going to talk about the vocal quality i it does shine brightest in ballads uh, but they can do really fun dance numbers too. Like their song, their their track "Marriage Song" is a fun upbeat track. So I, I did. I, I really wound up loving these guys. I've been listening to their Afterglow album on repeat, and their their track "Romance" is really really good, and that's another fun number. And and so I, I really wound up loving these guys, but I had a feeling that I would probably be the only one. Uh, Ken, what did you think about the Beat Garden? So, you know, a couple of interesting tidbits that I think that you should add here. And a lot of the reasons why they were more electronica is because they were adapting this style called electronica dance rock, which explains a whole lot of things early on in their years when they were a four-member group and that's that that is a very interesting concept in the genre that they would try to dub themselves and it's it's something that really really works at certain points but doesn't overall at, 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 at others you know there's one thing that i forgot that you should really mention about here is that they're their song start point is is used for something that is very close to you and I. I guess it's some sort of tokusatsu related thing. No, no, it's not. It's not tokusatsu related at all. Hmm. Think of something that both me and you liked back in the day that we would used to go on every Monday and play. Uh, could it be Final Fantasy fourteen? Yes, it was used for the Final Fantasy XIV drama, The Light of Dad. So, if you guys don't know about that, it is a 
a retelling of a true story about a father and son reconnecting through Final Fantasy XIV. It's a very interesting drama. If you guys are able to watch it, go ahead and watch it. It's available on Netflix for international artists. And you know who starts, who stars in it? It is someone from Tokusatsu, though. <laughs> it is Gosei Red that stars in that particular show. That so would I be very interesting. Very tangential to Tokusatsu, but not really in that specific genre. But it, it was used as the the one of the the theme songs for that specific genre so there's a couple things that i i knew i've heard about them beforehand i believe i did do a couple things about them back in the past but you know with that electronic dance rock style that they tried to dub it it worked at certain parts and and when it it, it failed it did not really work for me and at times they sounded very dice like and i understood from like listening to a couple of their songs that the reason why you ended up really liking them you know you got songs like like merit song was really good walk this way was fairly 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 good i really liked marriage songs particularly too as well because that was one of the songs that i kind of really liked however they're more of their slower tracks they're it's really good. I like their slow tempo songs. You got in in Kyori Rein, which was fantastic. I absolutely loved. However, for me, it was just like they needed something to kind of shake that up. And I think when they were trying to do that electronica mix, it really popped out to me a little bit more. But now because they lost, you know, DJ Satoru, it was kind of just like middle of the road for me with their modern stuff and nothing really has popped out specifically for me yeah uh, be because like especially if you listen to like their like their afterglow album they're very much kind of like in that vein of a, what a more regular boy group is and they but i will say if you do check out their song romance it does have a little bit more of that electric dance style that they started out doing with i think something like the edges shaved off a little bit so it's not as in your face i guess would be a good way to put it but i don't i think it's more that style is more of a fusion because i don't i don't hear it specifically <laughs> that, that's it's a nice and it's it's a nice middle of the road it's because it sounds like boy groups style for me yeah, and, and we do know I, I have a track record of not calling the, out the best genres, so uh, sometimes I know I'm wrong on genre music and stuff, but yeah, I, I think these guys are really great vocalists, and it'll be interesting to see kind of the direction they go into now that they don't have DJ Satoru, and it's the uh, original trio again. I think, you know, we'll we'll see what they do with their next release they were very quick to come out with romance. Now I think romance is a song that they probably were already working on with DJ Satoru because he left in August and this came out in November. And, and so I think that uh, this was probably already in the works and they kind of just reworked it a little bit. So basically to cover his parts. Uh, so the, it'll be interesting to see, without DJ Satoru's influence if they go back into their roots. I, I, it'd be very interesting to say. Uh, because, I, I don't know about about that, though, because he, yeah. he announced that he wasn't going to be a part of the group in in March, so I think they were already planning releases too. without him as well. So That's true. Still, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, so I'm oh, looking yeah, forward no. to it. But, you know, I want to say thank you for introducing us to the Bee Garden. And, you know, I can't wait to kind of see what happens with their current style as well. And if they can prove me wrong, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, it'll... I, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for them. And, uh, you, know, you know, as much as I love my generic boy groups, uh, I don't want them to turn into a generic boy group. So, 
uh, it, it'll be because, you know, it's a crowded field. I'm not going to sit here and deny that it isn't. And if they can make themselves stand out in any meaningful way, I think that would be much better than them just kind of being another one of the pact. So uh, I yeah. am I'm I am really hopeful that they do something great. But yeah, with that, let's continue on to the Oricon here. And <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I mean, it, it's an interesting week. I mean, I thought that you got, if there would be something of a shake-up here in the week I was gone, but there ended up just being a a song that, you know, didn't appear since August when it initially released digitally, and, you know, here we are kind of thing. There ha- there was no new releases of this of this week that really made the the top ten here, so... Let's start with, you know, number 10 here, and that is Cinderella Boy by Saucy Dog. And, you know, I, I personally really like Saucy Dog. And this is a group and, and a band that, you know, is really, really solid with a release. However, I, th- I thought Cinderella Boy was just okay at its best and just mediocre at its worst because there isn't something that is really popping out to me from this release yeah no this is i'm not too familiar with saucy dog and i will say if cinderella boy did achieve one thing it piqued my curiosity about the group because i did i did like what i heard now i will say i was not really enthralled with this release cinderella boy is okay I really loved the vocals in it. I felt like the vocals were the strongest part about it. But yeah. the composition, I, f- I felt, was like, it's there. It's, it didn't wow me. Uh, but it did. It, it piqued my interest in Saucy Dog. And I'd be really interested to hear what else they have uh, besides Cinderella Boy. Uh, but Cinderella- Honestly, I would, rec- I would recommend Itzka. Itzka is probably their best song, in my personal opinion. Okay, yeah, be, because, I, like I said, it was a very interesting track, and I, I there was aspects about it I liked, but as a whole, I felt it was lacking a little bit, and uh, and I was like, you know, this is an interesting group, and so it'll be interesting to see like what else they have, but as far as Cinderella Boy goes, I mean, I'm glad for them. <laughs> Number ten on the chart, like I'm glad they they charted. It piqued my curiosity at the very least. Yeah, so. yeah. But you know, regardless, Cinderella Boy sold a lovely sixteen thousand two hundred and forty nine points here. And going on up to number 9, it's a hey, send by back number. Now, I wasn't too sure about last week's numbers, so I'm not too sure if Sui Hasen made the charts here. I don't think it did, but. I, I don't remember talking about Sui Hasen last week. I don't think it made the chart at all. Okay. But, you know, this week it sold a lovely 16,601 points here. Going on up to number 8, it is Kaibutsu and Yatsushi Suisei by Yao Sobi. Not much we can say here. This week it sold 16,727 points here. And continuing on to its success at number seven, it is Wadada by Kepler. Now I heard that Luna really, really loved this track. <laughs> we we kind of just like lambasted it a couple weeks ago. So if you want to hear my initial talk about it, you can listen to that. But it's good that Luna really liked it. But <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really glad that she liked it because. I mean, it's. I, I don't think it is what it is. Yeah. It, it is what it is, kind of thing. <laughs> but regardless, Wadada sold a lovely 16,802 points here. And going on up to number six, it is Dry Flower by Yudi. Not much we can say about this release. Almost a year now that it's been on the charts. So this week it sold a lovely 17,000. 853 points here going on up to number five it is butter by bts not much else we can say about this release as well this week it sold a lovely 24,862 points here 
and going on up to number four. It keeps rising up, and that it is Nandemonayo by Macaroni and Pizzu. And I believe because this is part of their album, or the preview of their album, that's why it's been on here so long. So, you know, congratulations to Macaroni and Pizzu. So, this week it sold a lovely 24,883 points here. And going on up to number three, it is Beetlejuice by UD. Also, not much we can say about this release. At this point, this week it sold a lovely 26,658 points here. And continuing on up to to number two, once again, it is Imer with her release of Zankyo, Zankya, and pretty much the Demon Slayer songs. <laughs> Not much we can say about that. I, I mean, I understand. And Asagakuru, you know. Congratulations to her, because I think also the popularity of... The album that just released this past week also was adding on to this. But I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Demon Slayer alone was propelling this. But Yeah, I, I agree. Like, and you know, I'm happy for Imer. I'm glad that she's, you know, had a chart topper. But uh, it really seems like anything that's really attached to that anime just really does well and I, I know that's just a testament to the quality of the show but uh but i don't so, know about, i like honestly I, mean, I don't know about that because even with lisa's release that's true we didn't see it stick on here as much as it does with imers that that's very true that is very true i wonder if she can i wonder if imer can out lisa lisa that would be interesting well I mean, I don't, I don't know if out Lisa Lisa is a thing because Imer isn't a, <laughs> no, isn't she's a not. anime singer. She's not an anime singer, personally, but just outlast Lisa for the most part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, regardless, this week it sold fairly well. It sold fifty thousand and seventy four points here, and continuing on to another anime song here. It is you know King New and their releases with with the Jujutsu Kaisen movie here and see I like personally because I don't know Jujutsu Kaisen I don't know the testament of the longevity of of this track as well I mean I I, I really enjoy Jujutsu Kaisen it is very popular I don't think it's Demon Slayer popular though like it, it's popular it is one of the more popular anime to come out within the past four years is it's in the top five most popular anime. So it, it's big. It's a really big series. Uh, so oh, like I said, I just, I just don't think it's nearly as big as demon slayer. I like, cause when as it much has as a they release, want to try to do, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like when it has a release, when it's out, it's very, very popular, but when it doesn't have anything out or going on, it's crickets on Jujutsu Kaisen. Like no, no one's talking about it. Like no one stops talking about demon slayer. So, regardless, you know, this week it sold a wonderful 59,045 points here. And, you know, let's check the albums here because the albums have much more of a, a, a change up more than anything else here. So, yeah, the, the albums had a more interesting week than the single releases, which happens from time to time. Yeah. So you have, you know, you know, you have Stones with their release of the city. You have the Idol Master, Cinderella Masters, you know, their tenth anniversary album. You got the Hide Complete Box from two thousand one to two thousand three. So it's all his solo releases from that year. You got Bad Mode by Utada at number seven. You got Mirror by Scandal, which you should check out from our friends at. JPU records for the international release of that, so go right ahead here at number six. Got you got actor from Ryoku O Shoku Shakai, you know, our music corner alums here, so congratulations to them. You got Hoshi uh, Kieta Yoruni by Imer. They've been pumping a lot of promotion into that as well because I've been hearing it all week on Japanese local networks. Uh, you got Ray of Light by The Rampage at number two here. And finally, you got Kyogen by Ado at number one. So, you know, a fairly good 
well-rounded release overall i i knew that auto was going to probably top at number one here because of just how successful she's been to the general market and you know as much as you know the rampage is popular with their fans i think that it doesn't beat the general market here with with auto but yeah you know it was a good year or good re release week overall for them and yeah so i want to say thank you for listening to us at ongakuri you can follow us on all social media platforms at twitter and instagram you can also follow our lovely reportings of the japanese music industry at ongakuri.com you can check out our latest interview by the wonderful wonderful band of rap warps up we we got the chance to interview the chinese members of warps up so go take a listen to that it's a very interesting read and i've been really thankful we'll be having another interview up within the next couple weeks soon as well so be on the lookout for that but you can also check out our affiliates koryu hunter he is a retro streamer and all that lovely jazz of going with the Sega crowd here. You can check them out at twitch.tv slash Hunter K-Y-O-R-Y-U-H-U-N-T-E-R. You can also check out our affiliate Timber Taff, who has moved on from Hitmanuary and continued on to Super Mario. Uh, new Super Mario, the one with the cats. So you can check him out at twitch.tv slash Timber T-I-M-B-E-R-T-A-F-T. You can also check out our affiliate Rose, who is Luna's sister, and you can check her out at twitch.tv slash ringstarkitty, R-A-I-N-S-C-A-R-K-I-T-T-Y. You can also check out our affiliate, Fangirl Has No Name, and she is a variety streamer as well. And you can check her out at twitch.tv slash fangirlhasnoname, F-A-N-G-I-R-L-H-A-S-N-O-N-A-M-E. You can also check out the podcast that I do with fangirl kill and timber called potasaurus and because i was away for my trip i wasn't on that episode but you can check out the episode notes here by looking up everything they talked about about detroit Bibu bapu De detroit become human they talked about Hilo for quite a bit and the only time those two bobos decide to talk about modern games i'm not on the on there so it, it's just fitting, isn't it? <laughs> you can check it out by looking up Cody Hunter, same as his Twitch handle, on all podcast streaming services. You can follow me on Twitter at otykem one where I talk about Bang Dream, I Know I Bow, Roboco, Herobo, and all that lovely jiggles and jangles there. Where can we find you, Gray? You can find me on Twitter at OngakuGray, where I tweet about what I'm watching, what I'm playing, all that fun jazz. So if you're interested in what I'm up to, just follow me there. Yeah, and you can follow Luna at LunaMarie87 on all social media platforms. But yeah, I want to say thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Ongaku to You. I'm your host, Ken, saying thank you very much, and have a great day. Aloha. And this is great. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll be right back here next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>